Good evening. Hey, we are uh, continuing our series right now uh, called Hitched, in which we're just talking about this whole thing of marriage relationships and how that all works together. And this incredible thing about getting men and women in the same room communicating uh, well with each other. So, so I hear this story. There's a husband and a wife, they're uh, driving along and they get into a, an argument. And it escalates, escalates, and finally they resort to the silent treatment. So now they're driving along and it's been a while since anyone's said anything to the other one. And uh, they're going kind of through the country, happen to pass a farm. And uh, off to the side, uh, they notice uh, there are pigs and cows and donkeys and seizing the moment. The husband turns to the wife and points and says, relatives of yours? <laughs> to which she says, yes, in-laws. <laughs> so we're going to talk just a little bit tonight about conflict and uh, how to navigate, how to deal with conflict. And we're going to leverage what we've been saying all along. We're going to bring this to bear. This may be one of the most critical moments in which we uh, begin to acknowledge and kind of appreciate the idea that when men speak, they speak in blue. And when men hear, they hear in blue. And when women speak, they speak in pink. And when they hear, they hear in pink. And the reason this is so critical for what we're going to discuss tonight is, is that when conflict comes in the relationship, he will revert back to his mother tongue. If, if he speaks blue, it will now be midnight blue. And, and if, if she speaks uh, pink, it's now going to be fuchsia. Uh, and, and, and because she, she, will be, she will be everything that is pink, and he will be everything that is blue when conflict comes, which only seems to escalate uh, that moment in their lives. And so we're going to take that, we're going to understand that for a few moments tonight, and then we're going to leverage that to see how we can take this moment in which has all the potential to bring damage and hurt and heartache and turn it completely around by how we respond to one another. So here's the deal. We're going to grab our Bibles tonight. We're going to go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 17. If you're not real familiar uh, with the book of Proverbs, if you go smack dab in the middle of your Bible, you're probably going to find a book of Psalms. Turn right. You're going to find this book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 17. And while you're going there, I need some volunteers from the audience. I'm looking for a married couple, an engaged couple. I need a couple uh, to come up and uh, help me out kind of working through. You're going to, are you going to do that? Yes? No? Yes? Will you do that? All right, he raised his hand. He got you in trouble. How about if I tell you that you have a chance to win a dinner? Would that help at all? No, not at all. You just absolutely not. Okay, so you've dragged her up here. You're in trouble. You realize that. Uh, she's going to be deeply angry with you. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to have a contest, okay? And if you do all right in the contest, you guys are going to have a chance to win a dinner. Okay, so here's, what, what's your name? Bonnie. Bonnie? Tim. Tim. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Bonnie. Uh, this is going to be yours, so you can take that. When I count to three, you're going to throw that in Tim's face. No, I'm teasing. No, no. Okay. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. There you go. Okay. All right. So, Bonnie, uh, you're going to show a little bit of restraint because you're going to actually set that on the table for me right now. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. In just a moment, I'm going to go one, two, three, Bonnie, go. When I do that, you're going to begin pouring that water on the table. Tim, right? Tim, it's your job to contain the water on the table, okay, for 20 seconds. 
20 seconds of water containment, you win dinner, Bonnie's counting on you. Okay? You ready? All right, here we go. One, two, three, Bonnie, start pouring. Tim's going to contain the water. Look at this guy throwing himself to the wolves, allowing it to dribble all over his chest. He's doing pretty good right now. Tim, that's pretty amazing. It's beginning to look like you've had an accident, Tim. Uh, keep pouring, Bonnie. He's almost there. Got to pour, 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 pour. Oh, my goodness. All right. Okay. You know what? That is about as close as we have done today. You guys have done a great job. I think he contained most of it. Oh, there it goes. All right. There you go. The janitorial crew is going to love you guys. There you go, man. Dinner for two. You are the hero. You, you know, you just put that on the table. Have it hang out there. All right. We're good. Now, some of you are going, what in the world uh, was that all about? That was really, really weird in church. But here's the, you're at Cornerstone, so why are you even asking? Truth is, I just wanted to humiliate someone. It was kind of fun, you know, to do that. No. When we get to the passage, you're going to get that. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 14. Here's what it says. Starting a quarrel, a fight. You know what I'm talking about? It's that, it's that moment that we're, that we're no longer trying to fix something. We're trying to win something. And, and, you know, it's that line. You know, somewhere, somewhere it's not about what we started talking about. This is all about me being right and you being wrong. I mean, it's a fight now. And the truth is, I'm not going to be satisfied until you give in, until you concede, and you're not going to be satisfied until I give in and I concede. Matter of fact, if you were to push the pause button right now, we'd have to stop and think for a minute about what we even began talking about. It's a fight. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. Isn't that a powerful illustration? You get what he's saying. He's saying when you do that, when you cross that line, when you allow the conflict within your marriage to escalate to that point, that now it's about someone's got to win, someone's got to lose. When it's about me coming out, my way prevailing, you're wrong, it's like breaching a dam. And the water comes spilling out. And then, and then, and then you try to contain the damage. And the answer is you won't. Because that water will go places you never intended for it to go. Hearts will be wounded in ways you never intended to wound. Because you and I did things, we leveraged things, we said things in order to win the moment. And, and, and that conversation, that fight, that, that dispute that happened, it, it may be gone for years. We, we may have a hard time even remembering what it was in the moment, and yet some of the damage, the collateral damage of when we let the dam give way, when we let the water go where it was going, some of that damage may be there for years. See, some of us in this room would say, Look, I, you're, you're talking about my relationship right now. It, it's, it's, it, it's not so much that I disagree with my husband. It's, it's not so much that I think my... We've just said things. We've behaved in ways. There, there are wounds within our relationship. 
because we breached the dam. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before the dispute breaks out. You get what he's saying? He's saying, look, 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 look. When you're in that moment, when, when the discussion stops being about fixing something, getting to a good place, when it begins to be personal, when it begins to be winning, when it begins, just don't go, don't, don't even pour the water. The only way to win, he's saying, is don't pour the water out in the first place. We were sitting there this morning, and first hour, got ready to do this thing. I said, one, two, three, go. And the husband reached over, put both hands on top of the jar. I thought, he got it. See, the only way you win this game is don't let the water spill in the first place, which is exactly, you ready? It's exactly what God is going to say about fighting, fighting to win, fighting to overcome, fighting to get my way. He says, look, the only way to win that is don't begin in the first place because you'll breach the dam. You'll cause wounds and heartache that will take you a lifetime to overcome. Now, here's, here's why this is really, 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 really tough and why when men and women are in the midst of conflict, especially in the midst of marriage, this thing is so easy to escalate. We've already said this together. We said, now remember, the deepest, 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 deepest heart of a man is to be respected. Somewhere within that conversation, she's going to say something. She's going to behave in some way that his heart is going to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. There is nobody else in my life, there is no one who talks to me the way you just talked to me, who addresses me the way you just addressed, who speaks to me in the tone of voice that you just, there's no one. And he will see that moment as highly, highly, highly unrespectful. And we've said together, when a man feels disrespected, he immediately responds, intuitively he responds in ways that she will see as unloving. So he feels disrespected, he intuitively responds in ways that seem unloving. When she feels unloved, she returns. She responds. She doesn't mean it. It's, she doesn't sit there in her heart and say, okay, now I'm going to figure out a way to disrespect him more. It's intuitively. She responds in ways that will say to him in his blue world, you are deeply disrespected. You are failing all over the place. When he feels disrespected, he'll respond to her in ways that seem, and you get on the crazy cycle. And when we're in conflict, this only magnifies because he's going to be bluer than he's ever been, and she's going to be pinker than she has ever been when you're in conflict. Add to that, men and women deal with conflict completely different. The goals are different. What we try to accomplish is different. Women. When women deal in conflict, they do conflict face-to-face. -face. You ever seen women have a fight? Let's hug, okay? Now, I'm just going to tell you, in male world, this makes absolutely no sense. That the goal at the end of the conflict is to hug. It is never going to fly in blue. Okay? Blue does not even understand the conversation. But women will do conflict face to face. Why? 
Because you've got to relate, you've got to see, you've got to understand. This is all about where we are emotionally. This is all about the relationship, face-to-face, face-to-face. Men don't do conflict face-to-face. Men do conflict side-to-side. And the goal in a man is not emotions, it's not relationship. When men do conflict, it's about fixing. We're going to problem-solve this thing. Which is why men can be in conflict... And two minutes later, they're fine. You, you ever seen in the movies, you know, you got these guys that are in the bar, and poof, one's hitting one, and boom, another one's hitting another one, boom, they're hitting one. Next scene, they're standing at the piano. We're really good friends, and we like to be together. You know? And women are going, they didn't even hug. How's that possible? How did... Because in, ready? In blue culture, this was never personal. See, we were just arguing what was the best way to solve the problem. We were looking for a solution. He beat me up. He won. Okay, we're friends again. It was never personal. Bring that. Bring that into relationship in the marriage. Let me see if I can help. You've got a little boy. Little boy's playing kickball on the kickball field best kick, best kick of his life, goes over the infield, goes rolling out in the outfield, splits the two defenders, it's rolling toward the fence. He is now running for all of his life around the base path. He's going to win the game. He's going to be the hero. He rounds third base. He's heading for home. And as he's heading for home, he's looking over his shoulder to see the ball that's being thrown in. As he looks over back behind, a little girl crosses the base path. What does the little boy do? He runs home. You gotta win the game, right? Little girl's on the ground crying. Teacher sees what happens. Calls the boy over. Come over here. And he says to the little boy, she says to the little boy, apologize. You ever seen a little boy apologize? I'm sorry. If the teacher's a woman, she will say to that little boy, that doesn't count. You need to look her in the eyes. Now, why is that important to a female? Because the eyes are the windows of the soul. See, you got to look her in the eyes so she knows you mean it. Now, here's what you need to know. That has absolutely no place within male culture. It doesn't. Matter of fact, if there had been a male teacher standing there when that little boy apologized, you know what he said to the little boy? Good job. Good job. That's a great apology, man. Because, you ready for this? Ready for this? In blue, in blue, to look away, to not square up, says, hey, you know what? I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm taking, a, I'm taking you ready. I'm actually taking a submissive posture. See, you, you square up on a man, you get in his face. Those are fighting terms for a man. That's, that's considered incredibly aggressive. Hey, when men get ready to fight, what do they do? 
right? It's face to face. That, that's, how you, that's how you say, I'm ready. I'm driving down the road the other day. I get in the left-hand turn lane, and I'm waiting to turn, and light turns green, and so I begin to go, and I'm about halfway through my left-hand turn, and I realize the light turned green, but the arrow didn't. So, so now I'm halfway in the intersection, cars are coming, they're sliding around, doing the thing. Everybody, thankfully, makes it by okay. Only a few gestures. And, uh, and here comes a truck. Here comes a truck. He's four cars back. I mean, he's in the other lane. I, I didn't do anything to him. And as he drives by in the truck, he leans out the window and goes... <laughs> now I'm a pastor. <laughs> so in Christian love, my maleness you know, kind of kicked in, and I thought to myself, you know what, in Christian love, I should just turn around and share with him how I felt about that. Just <laughs> hear, hear, boy, hey, listen, listen. In male culture, you square up, you eye to eye, I'm ready to take you on. Which makes this an incredibly interesting moment, because as the conflict goes on, she's trying to posture herself in front of him. She's trying to square up on it, because she wants to see the eyes. And in that posture, in that moment, he's fading back. Matter of fact, in the middle of conflict, guess what men's most likely response is in the middle of conflict? It starts to get bad. There's, we're getting to that moment where he goes, look, look, I stay in this room any longer. I'm going to do something really, really dumb. Guess what a man will do? A man will go, I'm out of here. Whoop, that's it. No more. Done. Bye. And he leaves. It's very blue of him. It's very male of him. And here's, here's what you need to know. Every man knows that moment. See, when a man says, hey, look, I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of here. What he's really saying, what, what blue is saying is, look, I, I'm ticked. I am so mad. And if I stay in this room, I'm going to say something. I'm going to do something that's hurtful. And you ready for this? In honor to you, I'm going to leave the room before I do something dumb. And a man will leave the room. She's going to hear that moment in pink. And here's what you need to know. There is probably nothing more insulting, more attacking, more wounding than you leaving the room. Because in pink, you ready? In pink, she hears, I am done with you. The truth is, I am so fed up with you that I am not even going to waste my time trying to talk through or heal this moment. Bye. And she feels abandoned. So in that moment, Blue tries desperately to honor by leaving she feels deeply wounded and abandoned in the moment. He's being blue. She's hearing pink. Ladies, he gets ready to leave the room. You know what the most natural pink response is to that moment? She'll chase. She'll go, hey, where are you going? Come back here. We're not done yet. Come on. What's wrong with you? 
Every woman knows this moment. And what she's really saying in pink is simply this. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, 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 are we in trouble? Has, has our relationship changed? Are we in a different place right now than we were a few minutes ago? Tell me that we're okay. Please, please, please care enough to fix this before you leave. Guess what he hears? Because you know what happens when one male chases another male, right? That's not love. That's, I'm going to beat the holy behoover out of you. <laughs> how, how many times have you heard him say, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. It's that posture, it's that coming after me. It's, it's what feels deeply, deeply, deeply aggressive to the male. He says, look, I was, I was coming to fix and boom. Because you were doing that whole face-to-face -face thing and got to fix it now thing. And, and she gets really pink and he gets really, really, really blue. They just ask, How did, how did something small get here? How, how did this thing get so intense? How, how did we get to spill in the water? Because if we're honest, if we're honest, almost every one of our fights was about preference and it was about style. Wasn't it? I mean, you know, she wants to paint the room green for the baby. He says green is a stupid color. No guy would want green. I, it's preference style. How are we going to spend the money? He wants to save, she likes to spend, or vice versa. How are we going to discipline the kids? Isn't that preference and style? Is there actually a right and a wrong to that? How did, how did we get to spilling the water? It was when we crossed the line. It's when we left the idea of fixing and when we said, okay, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I don't, I don't know what I have to do tactically. I don't, I don't know what I have to say. I don't know how I have to behave. I don't know how many doors I have to slam or how much I have to stomp my feet, but I'm going to win. And some of us, some of us in this room have won over and over and over and over and over again within our relationship. We go, you know, this is great. I'm, I'm a better arguer than my spouse, and I, I keep winning all the time, so I'm, I'm actually pretty happy. You know what the problem is with winning? If someone's going to win, someone has to lose. Do, do you realize in that moment you and I make our marriage about winning and losing, about beating our spouse, about coming out on top and them coming out on the bottom? Anybody here enjoy losing? Everybody goes, man, you know what? <laughs> losing is my call in life. I was just a born loser. I don't even think I would enjoy winning. I've just found so much success at losing. You realize what losing does to the heart. You realize the position that you put your spouse in 
when you begin to say, look, 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 I, I'm gonna, the, the room is not going to be green. I don't care what you say. I'm going to win this. You're going to lose it. I'm right. You're wrong. I'll win. You lose. I'm playing semi-pro football and quarterback. We weren't having a very good season. The coach called a play. We didn't even practice the play in practice. I, I didn't even recognize the play. So I get up under center, and the center hikes me the ball. I turn around. I just handed the ball to whoever I saw moving. <laughs> Turned out to be a disaster. We came in off the field. Got the ball back a little while later. Now the offense is going out. Coach comes up to me and says, uh, you're benched. And I watch, I watch the second string quarterback go running down the field. And when he did, he looks back over his shoulder with one of those grins on his face that I have to say, <laughs> You know what it feels like to lose your starting position? Anybody want to guess what went through my heart for the rest of the game? That I, that I sat there, you ready? I, not real proud. I hoped every time they hiked the ball to that guy, he'd drop it. I, I hoped every play they ran would be a disaster. I was rooting for the other team before the night was over. You realize when you make your marriage about winning and losing, you'll bring that same element in your home? See, your, your wife will say, well, I, okay, okay, make your decision. But I hope you fall on your face. I, I hope this turns out really, really bad. Then you'll know. I, I, may have gotten, I may have gotten my way. But, you know, your husband's back there going, you know, just wait till the bill comes. Wait till everything gets south. Wait till it gets really, really tight. Then you'll know I was right. And suddenly in our home, suddenly in our relationship think about it. because we made this about winning and losing we're rooting against each other because someone was going to win and someone had to lose someone was going to be right and the other one was going to admit they were wrong you just spilled the water you just brought something into your home and into your relationship that you don't know where that damage went You write scripture says it's not even supposed to be close to this. This is, this, is, this is not how this works. This may be how all your friends do it. This may be how your parents. This is not how marriage was made to work. Matter of fact, grab your Bibles one more time tonight. Go with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is going to be almost to the back of your Bible. And if you get there, you can turn around and go left. It's Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. It's verse 28, and here's what it says. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. You get what that pastor is saying? Look, look, look. When you got married, you guys joined the same team. 
I mean, when you do good for her, it's like doing good for yourself. When you do good for him, it's like doing good to yourself. So what does it mean when you do harm? What does it do when you make it a competition in the relationship, and I'm going to be right, and you're going to... He says, that's like hitting yourself. You're on the same team. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body. He feeds and he cares for it just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a, son, a, man, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife. And the two shall be, next phrase, one flesh. We know that. We've heard that a hundred times, right? What, what does it mean, one flesh? It means, guys, we're on the same team. We're, we're supposed to be heading the same way. And, and if I'm going to fight, I'm not going to fight to divide. I'm not going to fight to beat my own teammate. I'm going to fight for the team. I'm going to fight to be one. Why would I ever, within the context of my marriage, make this about winning and my spouse losing? I'm playing Little League softball, and uh, I got sports stories tonight, I'm sorry. I'm playing Little League softball. For some reason, they divided the season in two parts. Whoever won the first half of the season automatically went to the championship. Whoever won the second half of the season automatically went to the championship. We won the first half, undefeated. Didn't lose a game the whole first half of the season, going to the championship. So now here comes the second half of the season. Doesn't matter, because we're going to the championship. Anybody want to guess what we did the second half of the season? Oh, man. So here's this team, and they had to fight, and they had to scrap, and they had to work their way. They squeaked in, working their tails off to make it into the championship game against us because we were undefeated, and we won the first half of the season. Got to the first playoff game. Anybody want to guess what that looked like? Because we had slumped and laid back and taken it easy because we won the first half of the season undefeated. And we got spanked. And the game got over and every one of us was feeling guilty. Ball that had gone between our legs. Moments we had struck out and the pitcher wasn't even that good. The coach called us over for a huddle. And, and he, he, in that moment, in that moment we had a decision to make. We'd just gotten the game handed to us. And guess what a group of sixth grade little boys did? We turned. Man, we turned ugly. We looked over the shortstop. We said, man, that's the worst game you've ever played. That was horrible. How could you not make that ball? He came back and said, well, the pitching was stank. And we chewed. We attacked. We, we had each other for lunch. And the coach, I don't... For some reason, the coach didn't catch the moment, didn't understand that he let us do it. 20 minutes. Anybody want to guess what happened the next three games, four games? We shouldn't even bother showing up. See, we'd already beat ourselves in a meeting on the sidelines. And you know what needed to happen? 
there needed to be at least one sixth grade boy who was willing to fight for the team. There just needed to be one voice of reason that said, don't do this. We can't turn on ourselves. This is, this is us. This is the championship team. Come on, guys. You know you can do better than that. And Tommy, I've seen you play better. We're better than this. And how many times have we saved each other? And how many times have we laid down for each other? Come on. We just needed one. Guys, I'm just going to tell you that in your marriage, you just need one. You just need one who says, look, 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 I'm not going to do this anymore. This isn't, this isn't going to be about winning over my spouse. This isn't going to be fighting so that I can be right and they can be wrong. I'm just not going to do that anymore. And if I'm going to fight for anything, I'm going to fight for oneness, for one flesh, for togetherness. I will not. I will not bring harm in my home. You say, well, then, whoa, 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 how would, how, what would that look like? How would you do this? How would blue, pink? So here we get to the moment. You know the moment. We've started out. We were moving in a pretty good direction. It changed. It changed. And we all know it when it changes, right? And in that moment, you got to make a decision. Do I keep going with this? Do I keep saying the type of things I'm saying? Do I keep behaving the way that I'm behaving right now? Because I know right now, this is turning on the team. Or, or do I call stop? <laughs> do I say, no, 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 no. We're not going to do this to the team. And what does that look like? So you get to that moment. You get there. You're ready to spill the water. What if, what if, what if? Okay, just imagine this. What if in that moment, things are escalating, he's getting ready to turn, he's leaving the room, it's frustrating. What if in that moment, instead of saying the next thing out of her mouth that's going to be natural, that he's going to receive us, what if, what if, what if? What if in that moment, what if in that moment she called for sanity? What if in that moment she simply said, this thing's escalating. This, this thing's going somewhere. I, I never intended for this to be. I, and I don't, I don't want this because this is going to spill water. We're going to hurt each other in a second. Did I say something? Did I behave in a way that felt disrespectful to you? Is that what ratcheted this up? Now, you know what his answer is going to be, right? You already know. His answer is going to be, absolutely you did. You just talked to me. You just said the things, the way you said that. Nobody talks to me the way you just talked to me. And what if in that moment she said, you know what, I'm sorry. Because that's not what I was trying to You're my husband. And I deeply love you. And, and, you see, and I respect you as a man and as a husband. And I would never want for a moment for you to feel disrespected. What's he going to do next? He'll leave. He'll, he'll do blue. But ladies, here's what you got to get. That man in this room is different. Here's why. Because in the other room is a woman who respects him. 
And he'll sit in that room and he'll cool down for a couple minutes and he'll think, oh my goodness, I can't believe we were arguing over that. Guess what he'll do next? Paint the room green, I don't care. Because ladies, 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 you don't know how you pave the way for him to come back when you offer respect. You keep the water in the jar. The dam doesn't break. Men, she's trying to do the whole face-to-face thing. She's not, she's not trying to get in your face. She just wants to see your eyes. She just wants to know that the relationship's okay. But it feels, feels deeply disrespectful. And you, you feel your heart. You're getting ready to take off. You're getting ready to go. What if in that moment, what if in that moment you said, what if you were the voice of sanity that said, we're not going to do this in our home. I'm not going to spill the water. I'm, I'm not going to let damage spill out in our relationship. And what if in that moment you instead turned toward her and said to her, hey, we're, we're, we're starting to say silly things. We're starting to kind of go where we probably shouldn't go. Did I say something? Did I do something just now that felt unloving to you and uncaring in your life? What do you think her answer is going to be? Absolutely. I, I, I can't tell you how much you wounded my heart when you. And then if he simply said, you know what, I am so sorry. I, that is not what I meant. I wouldn't want to do that to our relationship. And then guys, you ready? Here's the next word you got to say, okay? You got to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Okay? This is totally unnatural for my man because if, you know how men finish their, their conflicts? It's okay. Never mind. Forget it. That's how we finish. You just beat me up. It's okay. Never mind. Forget it. That's what we do. Because in male, it wasn't personal. We're all right. Never for a female. And what she needs to hear and know is that you're trying to heal the relationship. So you have to say, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me that I behaved in a way that was unloving? You want to hear an interesting thing, guys? You know what a female almost always intuitively will do when a man apologizes? She will turn toward her man and she'll say something like this. Oh, you know what? It, actually, it was more me than it was you. It's really my fault. I don't know. I just got a little hysterical there. I mean, it's kind of that time of month and I don't know. <laughs> and she will do something that men almost will never do. And that is she'll actually take more of the blame on herself as long as we're healing the relationship. As long as we're coming back together. It's pink. So here's the question that you and I get to answer. How many more times are we going to spill the water? How many more times are we going to rush into arguments so I can win and you can lose? How many more times are we going to break up the home team? Because all it takes is one who fights to be one. Let's pray. Hey, guys, this is, 
This is unnatural. I know it is. This is hard because in the middle of conflict, he's going to be really, really blue and you're going to be really, really pink. I get that. But what if? What if, what if a couple said, we will never, never, never again fight to win? We will never, never, never again make our spouse the loser. Because we're one. And the enemy's out there. The hill to climb is out there. And I will not take my teammate down. So I will fight. Not to win. To make us one. Keep us tight. How different would our marriages be if we never fought to win again? Dear Lord Jesus, this is, this is so against what we would want to do naturally. truth is it's different than how our friends behave it's probably different than how we watched our parents but we just got to be honest tonight and tell you we have spilled way 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 too much water see we've we've gone there in our fighting and in our conflicts and we have busted the dam and we have said things that should have never come across our lips and we've behaved in ways and God we're just saying tonight we're we're tired of spilling the water we're tired of making our marriage a competition and that someone has to win and somebody has to lose and we're tired of wounding hearts and so we're just coming We're going to turn this thing around tonight and here's our promise we're going to begin to fight not to win we're going to fight to be one and in the moment when my spouse needs it most I'm going to offer respect and honor I'm going to give a gift of love and assurance at the end of the discussion at the end of the disagreement we're together God give us the courage to love and to respect even as you've asked and this we pray in Jesus name Amen